We are working our way through the letter to the Romans, written by the Apostle Paul. And we saw that uh, Paul is writing to this church in Rome uh, that he didn't establish, that he hasn't visited. He knows many people there, but he's writing to communicate to them uh, and, and explain to them uh, the, the foundations of this gospel that has been entrusted to him by King Jesus. His desire is to ultimately go there and to uh, be helped and aided by this church in Rome to see the gospel spread and go to the far reaches of the Roman Empire all the way to Spain. And as we saw uh, last week, at the heart of this gospel that Paul is proclaiming is that it is uh, the, the message of God revealing His righteousness. That humanity, in and of ourselves, cannot and never will live up to God's righteous standards. If there is any hope for us to be redeemed and saved, God must step in. And He has in the person of Christ. And that's why Paul has said he is not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation for all who believe, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. We're going to see, though, that it's going to be important as Paul is moving through this gospel for us to under, really understand why we need God's righteousness. What is it about humanity? Why do we fall short? Do all of us really fall short? Is the news really that bad? Are we in that horrible of a condition? Well, as we continue through this next portion of chapter 1, and as we'll see through these next few chapters of chapter 2 and chapter 3, Paul is going to lay out for us just how much we need the righteousness of our God. So, look with me if you would. Romans chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 18 through 25 this morning. If you're following along in one of the black Bibles there in your seats, this is on page 939. So, if you would, follow along with me there in your copy of the Word of God. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, 
who is blessed forever. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You would still pursue and reveal Yourself and speak to those who have suppressed Your worldwide general revelation of Yourself. We pray and ask this morning that we would not turn hardened hearts and closed ears to what You would say and speak to us this morning. Open our eyes. Open our hearts to see ourselves and to see Christ. In His name we pray. Amen. Notice where we were last week. In in verse 17, Paul says this, in speaking of the Gospel, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed. God is revealing, He's communicating His righteousness through the proclamation of the Gospel. But notice as He flows into this next section, in order for us to understand why we need God's righteousness, it's going to be important that we understand what we are truly deserving of. Notice what Paul also says is revealed. Look in verse 18. The wrath of God. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Wrath. God is revealing His wrath? Humanity deserves the wrath of God? Why? Well, I want to see what Paul is explaining to us about that here. Notice it has something to do with truth and how we respond to truth. God's revealing of Himself. So that's what we want to, we want to look at as we see what, what Paul's explaining here. First, we want to look at this, this revelation of God. We want to look at humanity's rejection of God. And then we will see the retribution of God. First, notice this revelation, this truth that Paul is talking about. Notice what he says about this truth, this revelation that God has given. Look in verse 19. What can be known about God is plain to them, speaking about all of humanity, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. God has revealed Himself, Paul says. Look at everything that has been made. And when you look and behold God's creation, it proclaims and speaks that He exists. That He rules. That He is there. It's not hazy. It's not... a muddled or a muffled revelation. Notice what Paul says. It is clear. Clearly perceived. 
in the created world. And notice also, not only is it clear, there's never been a time when that message hasn't been communicated. Notice what he, what he says. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. God has always been revealing himself in and through everything that he has made. So much so that it can be said of every human being that we know God. That's what Paul says here, doesn't it? What can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His divine power, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. Look in verse 21. For although they knew God, all of humanity knows God. All of humanity, when we see creation, it is clearly communicated and perceived and understood by all that God exists. Notice specifically what Paul says God is revealing. His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature. So, So understand what Paul is saying here. To study and to observe and to live in God's world, to rightly interpret it, and when it is rightly interpreted and understood, you cannot but come away from the creation and say, God exists. Notice, it's not just some generic God. Just Maybe there's some sort of divine power out there No, he is speaking about the one living and true God. And the things about him are evident in everything that he has made. The heavens declare and proclaim the glory of our God. Why? Because he is revealing himself through them. And he has revealed himself to every human through everything that's been made. And notice here, it's not just talking about trees and leaves and worms and breeze. But we're created too. And if we understand ourselves rightly, humanity points us to this eternal, divine maker of all things. That may leave us with a question. Why doesn't everybody acknowledge Him? I mean, sometimes I feel like What I hear when I watch these nature documentaries, where I'm listening to the people describe the world and they speak with with such awe and amazement, but then they, they, they talk about it coming into existence through purely natural, materialistic processes. There is no creator. It's come about by chance. Through... Bangs or evolution. And it it seems like I am the one and Christians who interpret the world based on what the Scriptures are saying here that we are portrayed as being the foolish ones. And sometimes we may think, well, maybe they're right. 
I mean, they have a lot of letters after their names. This is what I hear when we go to school and they open up our science book. Or when magazines come to our kids' house. Or, that's our house too. (laughs) But anytime it talks about animals that existed from any sort of age, evolution is always brought in. But the Scriptures say that is the wrong interpretation of God's world. And it is clearly evident in the world around us that God made it. And regardless of whatever degree you have, to explain and interpret it as coming into existence and into reality in any other way than the one living and true God of the Bible creating and making it is a wrong interpretation. And that makes sense in our experience. I mean, who's, who's ever built with Legos? You ever built with these? Or stepped on them? I see our, our kids spend hours putting Lego sets together. Sometimes the, the instruction manuals are three, four books thick to put these things together. Oh, whoops. Would you look at that? I dropped that, and look what happened. How in the world did that happen? Can you believe I just randomly dropped the Legos and this came out? Now, I know what's in my kids' minds right now. Daddy, we know you had that hidden down there. Why? Because you know from your experience that something this complex couldn't happen just by randomly dropping some parts together. This necessitated time and effort and energy and thinking for it to be created and put together. It involved following a complex instruction manual and book. Even if I were to take... This little Spider-Man Lego guy. The most basic piece. And I were to take all of his parts apart. How many times do you think I would have to drop him before he would come together exactly right? It's never going to happen. It will never happen. Even, I watched this Lego documentary one time. They talked about how precise they have to be with all of their pieces that they make because they must ensure that every time a set puts together, all the pieces properly fit. Have you ever bought and think you were saving money by buying knockoff Legos? They don't fit together. You see, our experience in the world with things being made and created point to a designer. And God is saying here, when you look at our world the proper way to interpret it. Science done rightly will only and always point to the Creator. So I want to encourage you, if you have been in a science class, 
or you're watching things on TV, or you're beginning to wonder, maybe you are thinking wrong. Maybe you've been fooled. Maybe this what I've been taught and explained about God making the world, maybe it really didn't happen that way. Do you remember where we started at the very beginning of this book and who Paul said he was? He's an apostle appointed by the resurrected Jesus to communicate truth authoritatively to his people. And what does God say? Not just here, but throughout all the scriptures, that the world came into being not through just random process, not through accident, but through God speaking. In the word of his power, in the space of six days, he spoke everything into existence from nothing. And it is beautiful, and it is marvelous, and it proclaims his glory clearly. But we might think, well, maybe some people have an excuse. Maybe there's a reason other people might not recognize it that way. We know what it's like to have a good excuse. Went geocaching with Beckett and my father-in-law and brother-in-law and nephew. That's where people have hidden these little treasures and you follow the GPS coordinates and go hunt them. This happened to be at a church, and I had a, uh, the app on my phone, and it told us where it was hidden, and we were going around finding it. We were walking around on the church property and looking, and all of a sudden, a security guard comes up. He's like, what are you guys doing here? I'm like, well, we're geocaching. And he's like, well, you're not supposed to be here. I'm like, oh, well, we didn't know that. Because according to the app, what's supposed to happen is you're supposed to get permission to post it on there. And if it's in the app, you have permission to be there hunting. And we're walking all around, walking by windows. There's a preschool going on there trying to find our treasure. And they're scared that, you know, me and some four-year-olds and a ten-year-old are going to take the school over. So we're like, oh, I'm sorry. He understood. So we went to another part of the property that said it was a public park and ride spot. And so we go down there and are hunting for another one. Here he comes up again. In his security golf cart. Again, saying, you're still on church property. You guys need to leave. Uh, again, I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry. Here, let's look at this. And so he looks at it and he's like, I need to get the information because I need to let these people know this is not right. You're not supposed to be here and we can't have people here. You can come back when school's not meeting. But did he arrest us? No. Did he do anything to us? No. Because he understood we, miss, we had wrong information. We confused the message. We had an excuse. We weren't blatantly rebelling against him. We didn't have anything against him or the rules that the school had in place. We had a legitimate misunderstanding of what was right and what was wrong. Maybe, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe people are just... The problem is in the way things are communicated. I mean, couldn't people come to all sorts of a variety of interpretations with the, the, the data that they collect or the things that they see? Or even the way that they want to go about worshiping or not worshiping this God? Is there any excuse? Is there any valid reason 
that when humanity stands before this God who is saying His wrath is being revealed, that we will have a legitimate excuse to hold up our app and say, oh, hold on a minute. This said something different. Notice, notice what Paul says. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made so they are without excuse. None of us, not one single human who has ever lived or breathed will have an excuse before God that will say, I had a valid reason for misunderstanding and not getting that. You didn't communicate it clearly enough. It wasn't evident enough. I didn't know you. No, Paul says. There will be no excuse for any human. Why? Why is that so? Notice where Paul goes. From the revelation of God to the rejection of God. You see, what Paul is saying is it's not just not anything to do with a misunderstanding. Notice what he says in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. It's not a misunderstanding. It's active rebellion. It's suppressing, pushing down, concealing what is true and evident and known in the creation and in the heart of the human. Have you ever seen the movie Toy Story? Woody, Buzz, the other little critters. On the bottom of all of Andy, the little boy who owns these toys... On the bottom of each of his toy, he writes on their foot, A-N-D-Y, Andy. So that it's evident they belong to him. They are his. He is theirs. Now, to put it kind of in our categories as we're thinking, what misunderstanding might be like is if Woody had never met Andy. But he looked on the, started looking on the bottom of his foot, and in his existence, he saw Andy written on the bottom of his foot. And he thought, hmm, I wonder who wrote that there. And he finds a marker. He's like, it must have been the marker God. I'm, I'm not really sure who did this, but this marker seems very important. So I'm going to start worshiping the marker God. Or maybe he reads it backwards. And then starts calling Andy by something else and begins to, to worship Andy in his own way, in his own path. He's desiring to follow and submit to and, 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 and worship his owner, his creator, but he's just doing it in a mixed up and confused way. But it's all innocent. No, Paul says that's not what's happening at all. The real reality of what's going on is Woody sees Andy on the bottom of his foot and he says, I'm not going to be owned by anyone. And Woody takes a key or a marker or whatever and he scratches 
Andy off and wants nothing to do with him, suppressing, concealing the truth and the reality that he is owned and he is not his own. That he is owned by someone else, that he has been made and someone else has a claim on him. Paul says that that is what is going on. It's active suppression and rebellion. Talk about conspiracy theories. Paul is a conspiracy factualist. And every single human is involved in it. Suppressing, concealing, and hiding the reality that God exists, that He rules, and we don't. Do you see how Paul says that? It's in our unrighteousness. It's in our rebellion that we suppress the truth. It's all been known to us. It's been clearly perceived ever since the beginning of the world. In verse 21, although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. Because that's what He would deserve, right? This God who made all things and made us, He deserves our honor. He deserves our thanksgiving our worship, our obedience, our love. But if there is a God, then that means I am not God. I can't do what I want to do. And we don't like that. No human likes that, Paul says. Although they knew God, they did not honor Him or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Notice down in verse 25. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Notice what Paul is saying here. The, the person who might think, well, these people groups who never heard the gospel, but they genuinely recognized there was some sort of higher power, and they were worshiping and seeking to honor him in their own way, creating their idols of bird or, or beast or man, and worshiping and giving their allegiance to it. Paul says, God is not pleased by that. Because it's clearly evident that God is not those things. And they knew and do know in their heart not to worship that God. But it's easier to form and shape gods in our own way and in our own form. Because then we feel like we can live up to His standards and make and shape our world and our lives and religion and relating to this God in a way to where we're in control. And we state the standards and the ways that this relationship is going to happen. And God says no. But the same thing is true in our day. For those who do not bow down before the, the God of a, of a cow or of a golden calf, or a snake, or even a man. But we worship and bow down before our own intellect. 
in thinking that science and our ability and our minds to think and perceive things in the world makes us the authority of truth. And of course, look at how the world operates. There's no need for a God. If you believe in a God, you are the weak one. You are the foolish one. Because look at how these mathematical equations explain this. Or what this experiment or this theory proves and demonstrates. Humanity becomes our own interpreter and the authoritative explainer of what is going on. We shape human life and reality and the world in our own image, and we give glory and honor to ourselves because we set the standard of right or wrong. But actually, when we recognize what Paul is saying here, without a God, there can be no right or wrong. If humanity has come into existence through just purely naturalistic, materialistic, chemical processes and mutations and random reactions, then your life has no value. It has no worth. Why love anyone? Why care? I was watching a documentary about this chimpanzee empire in Uganda. It was very fascinating. But to see the guy talk about the, the, they, they murder and kill one another over resources. The, the chief chimpanzee dominates the, 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 the female chimpanzees to pass on his genetics and maintain control. And they speak about it as if that's just the way life is in the jungle. There's nothing wrong with this tribe of chimpanzees attacking another and killing them because that's just the way it is. But notice the difference when we start talking about humans doing those things. And the reaction is, and there's an acknowledgement, even from those who say there is no God, that that is wrong. You see, you can't escape the fact that you live in God's world and your heart cries out that I know He exists and there is a right and there is a wrong and human life has value. And we did not create this world. Paul says that what is going on is our hearts are darkened. This rejection, this rebellion against our God demonstrates and shows how unrighteous we really are and it's affected everything about us. Our hearts, our minds, we see later our bodies. God is just in what He is doing. It's interesting here too to see in verse 22, claiming to be wise. Who are the wise ones of our age? And who are the ones who are ridiculed and portrayed as being foolish. You want to teach creation in a school? You, you want to state as fact that a God spoke this into existence? How foolish are you? But notice what the Word of God says. The true fools are the ones who claim to be wise and who deny what the, script, what the world and creation clearly proclaims and demonstrates. That He exists and He created all things. Notice the implications here. 
The implications for evangelism. What we have here is not an intellectual problem. The need isn't just more facts. We have all the same data. Everybody's looking at it. It's a heart problem. It's a moral problem. It's a rebellion against God problem to reject what is demonstrated in the world and to say, I don't want there to be a God. So as we begin to think about sharing and communicating the gospel to other people, is there help? And can there be some fruitful conversation that can happen to talk about proofs and evidence for creation and design and those things in the world? Yes. By all means, have those conversations. Learn some of those things. Think about your apologetics. But realize this. Facts will not change hearts. Facts about creation are the power of God for salvation. No. Geological studies and flood geology are the power of God for salvation. No. The gospel, the word of God, our hearts are so corrupt. We deny and suppress the truth. More facts are just more things to deny. The only hope we or anybody else has is that our sovereign God graciously breaks into our hearts, changes our way of thinking, opens up our eyes and frees us from our conspiracy to suppress the truth and deny and rebel against Him. You see, also what Paul isn't saying is that those of us who see God in creation are the smart ones. We got it figured out. We have the eyes to see. All those dummies out there. No. It's the ungodliness and unrighteousness of all of humanity. And left to ourselves, you, me, any other human, would see what is in our world and want to have nothing to do with our God. And Paul will fill us in on that in a couple of chapters. But notice again what flows from this. This is why we are deserving of God's wrath. Because we've rebelled against this One who has created us, who has made us, who has clearly shown Himself to us. But notice what Paul says about this retribution, this wrath of our God. Notice he says the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Is. Presently. Right now. Paul's not talking about the wrath to come when Jesus returns. Although there will be wrath then when all humanity stands before the judgment seat of our God. Paul is saying in a very real way right now, because of our suppressing the truth and our rebelling and our rejecting against God, God is revealing and pouring out His wrath on us presently. How? Notice what he says in verse 34. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator. God says, do you want to rebel against Me? Do you want to reject Me? Do you want to live your life as if you are God and do with your body and your heart and your mind the way you see fit? In judgment, I will declare... Your will be done. 
have at it. And in it, experience my wrath poured out upon you because you weren't designed and created like that. And it will begin to destroy you. Your heart darkened. Your mind clouded. Your body dishonored. The fact that our world continues to give themselves over and over and over to sin is evidence of our God presently pouring out His wrath against all unrighteousness and those who suppress the knowledge of our God and reject Him. What hope is there? What hope is there? This. That in the midst of God's wrath presently being poured out, in the midst of a people and an entire, the entire human race who has rejected our God, verse 17 is still true. The righteousness of God is revealed. There is a way for humanity to escape this wrath. This God whom we've created, committed treason against sent His Son. And right now, Paul is motivated by this very Gospel by this very God who both reveals His wrath and His righteousness, to appeal to this church in Rome to help Him do what? Take the good news of the message of the Gospel to Spain, to people who haven't heard the revelation that this God who made all things and that you know, He sent His Son to suffer and die. And if you look to Him in faith, if you turn from your own desire to rule and reign and submit to Him, forgiveness can be yours. You see, the revelation in our creation is not enough to save. It is enough to condemn. But the only thing that saves is God changing hearts through the proclamation of the good news of the Gospel. Do you hear Him speaking today? Do you see Him speaking outside? And even in your heart, suppress the truth no longer. Look and hope and trust in Jesus. The only hope any of us have is that we will not be left in our unrighteousness and our ungodliness. But this God who reveals His wrath will reveal His righteousness to us through the person and the work of Jesus. Let me pray. Father, we thank You for the hope of the Gospel. We thank You that Your wrath is not the end of the story. We thank You that there is hope and a way for rebellious humans to be restored. Change our hearts, we pray. Amen.